So thank you very much, uh, Dr. Wolf, for joining me. Uh, you know, we we spoke uh, we spoke uh, what three months ago now, I think in in November, um, and and we had a pretty spirited discussion about vaccine mandates and the labor left. And I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, take this opportunity to to follow up on that, um, and and kind of see where we both are uh, on that topic, uh, as well as the general state of labor in the U.S. at the moment. So I'm going to give you a little intro here. Uh, Richard D. Wolf is a professor of economics emeritus, University of Massachusetts Amherst, and a visiting professor in the graduate program in international affairs of the New School University. NYC. He is the founder of Democracy at Work and host of their nationally syndicated show, Economic Update. His latest book is The Sickness is the System When Capitalism Fails to Save Us from Pandemics or Itself, which can be found along with his other books, Understanding Socialism and Understanding Marxism. And those are both found at democracyatwork.info. So thanks for joining us, Professor. Um, yeah, so it's been three months since we talked. Um, and we had the Omicron wave. Uh, you know, we're, we're still seeing a lot of deaths, uh, in, mostly in the U.S., where where we don't really have a lot of uh, we we have a lower rate of of vaccines than than the rest of of the uh, modern world. And I guess I'm just kind of curious as to what you think about if you're if you're thinking on vaccine mandates has changed since we talked. And if so, why? And if why, why not? And thank you again for, for joining me. No problem. Um, no, I don't think my opinion has much changed. If I could summarize it, it, it goes like this. Um, if it is a social burden to not be vaccinated, if you can show scientifically that unvaccinated people as a consequence of not being vaccinated, are putting other people in danger and that that danger is significant, then I think you have a, a justification uh, for making people behave in a particular way, like in this case, taking a vaccine, uh, rather than letting it up to them. I, I prefer leaving decisions up to individuals, like most of us do, uh, but under those conditions, uh, it seems to me reasonable. And I've always used the example that the government mandates that when we cross an intersection, we can move when the light is green, but we must stop if the light is red. We cannot privately decide whether or not to obey these mandates because it endangers other people and indeed ourselves uh, by doing that. Uh, if you don't want to be told what to do in terms of endangering yourself, I get that. Uh, but you're still stuck because you're endangering everybody else coming through that intersection if you choose not to obey the mandate. My understanding is that people who are not vaccinated uh, are more likely to require hospitalization than people who are that when they go into the hospital, they need more care than people who haven't been uh, vaccinated. They're more likely to stay there longer. They're more likely to die from all of this. And therefore, you are going to be crowding our hospitals. We have too few of them. If we had many more of them, then I would not have this kind of reasoning. 
but we've been closing hospitals, which is not a smart thing to do, and which other countries have not done the way we have, because we live in, in, in crazy land of neoliberalism and libertarianism, in which the profit calculus leads people to shut hospitals. Uh, now we're paying the price. But given that our hospitals are too few, that our nurses are too few, that our frontline medical care workers have been exhausted by two years of this business, we have to be careful. And that, that gives us a social rationale for limiting our freedom to not vaccinate in order to expand our freedom of not being sick or dead uh, or excluded from hospitals. I personally know all kinds of people uh, who don't have COVID, but are terrified about going to the hospital for other things that they need because they think of the hospital as a place with a lot of people with COVID. And, and they're nervous and upset about all of that has to be taken into account. And as a result, um, I don't find it a powerful argument uh, against mandates. But I, I would like to say something else, even if I could. Yeah. And that is, I oppose the shifting of the debate. I understand how debates are won and lost. I've been doing this all my life. If you're on a terrain in a debate uh, that you cannot win, uh, the smart thing to do is to try to change the terrain of the debate. The Republican Party in this country, particularly under Trump, pretended that, the, the, that this COVID wasn't important for months, told everybody it, was, it will go away, told everybody it was a hype, told everyone the scientists and the doctors who warned about it were wrongheaded and shouldn't be listened to. They delayed this country's response, which is one basic reason why the United States, a rich country with a highly developed medical system, has performed so much more poorly in coping with this disease than many, many other countries with many fewer resources have. And then when finally they had to admit it, they were much more interested in avoiding the blame that properly attached to them for having misunderstood it, waited too long, failed to make sure we had the tests and the, the uh, vaccines and the masks and all the rest of it. Uh, and how do you do that? You change the terrain of the debate. You don't talk about the disease and what the government did and didn't do, what the government must do now. No, 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 no. You shift it. You talk not about the disease and the suffering. You talk about the government mandates. And I know that game because I live in that all the time. I'm an economist. And one of the people I have to contend with are libertarians, people who need to believe like fundamentalists across the board that there is a good and a bad. For the libertarian, the good is the private market and the bad is the government. So the government mandates must be bad. Uh, okay, I, I understand the appeal of simple-mindedness like that. But in this case, I'm not willing to let it go because it's impeding a rational response to this disease. Most other countries in the world, not all, but most of them, 
have figured this out long ago and are not engaged as this country is in an, an unbelievably absurd sequence of debates about things other than mobilizing our resources to defeat this disease, which is what is done elsewhere in the world and usually to good effect. Well, yeah, I think um, I, I think we have a lot of agreement um, on that last point. Uh, certainly the certainly the government, both both the administration before this and the administration after it, you know, should have done a much better job at responding to the crisis in the first place. I mean, we I mean, you're completely right. We wouldn't be in this situation uh, without that. But it I, I suppose that my argument for mandates would still be that at this point we are in the situation we're in and it doesn't appear that there's any kind of appetite in Washington or or really anywhere else to do the kind of governmental response that we would need to have to the pandemic in order to have some sort of rational response to it. So given that, and given the fact that the, you know, the hospitals are, are filling, I mean, people, people, a lot of people may want to go to the hospital, like to your point before people may want to go to the hospital and may, and, and may be willing to deal with the risks uh, that, that COVID presents, but a lot of times the hospitals are just flooded. They, they can't take the people. And given that if you have the vaccine, you are less likely to catch the virus in the first place, and then less likely to get, uh, to, to have a bad effect from it and become hospitalized. Isn't the art, isn't the argument still valid that imposing a vaccine mandate on employers and imposing a vaccine, like, I mean, you know, they had this in New York City, of course, where, you know, you can't go into a lot of public spaces without showing proof of vaccination. Aren't measures like that responsible, given that the situation that we are in is, is not the ideal situation? The situation that we are in, unfortunately, is one where a, a government that's just not particularly responsive has kind of dragged its feet and gotten us to this point, And now we have to kind of deal with with what's in front of us yeah but but you know allow me to uh indulge in the horrible irony of this situation look if we had uh the kind of commitment to public health that means there is a hospital or a clinic for every x number of people where x is determined by the medical uh, profession which knows uh, how many people on average go to the hospital, blah, 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 in an extreme situation and not. If we built hospitals and we trained doctors and nurses in a proper way focused on disease, we wouldn't be in this position. We'd have enough facilities so we actually could let people decide, look, if you want to risk being sick and if you want to risk being um, hospitalized because you value your freedom. I get that. That's an argument. Okay, 
But then we have to have enough hospitals and doctors and nurses so that your freedom doesn't impinge on other people by flooding our hospitals in the way you just described. But let me remind you that the major reason we don't have the enough clinics, hospitals, doctors, and everything else is that the private medical industrial complex imposes on the government a whole set of restrictions and rules and taboos that prevent it. And indeed, the very libertarians don't want to pay the taxes, don't want the government to run these clinics. Private people won't do it because they don't make a profit. Therefore, either you have them and the government does it without a profit, or you don't have them. And libertarians have been very clear. We want the private or we don't want it. And then, But you can't do both. You can't cut back on the government's provision of a proper medical care system and then use the fact that you don't have one to justify yet another freedom of yours. You, you know, this it's, it's illogical. It's irrational. It's fundamentally unjust. And that kind of line is only possible for people who have a fundamentalist religious mentality. If you do really do believe that up in the sky there's someone who makes everything happen and he's the good one and then the, in, in hell is the bad one and then the world is organized around the, the struggle of good and evil, yeah, then you don't have to worry about all these contradictions because you've got the truth and the truth is real straightforward and simple. For the rest of us who don't see the world that way, what we're watching is a behavior that denies us what we need and at each step uses the denial of one thing to justify the denial of the next. Yeah, I think I think I see what you're saying, but but again, does doesn't that come back to and and I'm just trying to make sure that I understand your point here, but doesn't that in the end kind of come back to this idea of whether or not we're living in, you know, the world that we want to live in or the world that we live in? Where, you know, it, it yes, all of these problems exist, but it feels like by opposing the mandates and opposing uh, these kind of more restrictive on, on individual freedom, public health measures, that we are kind of indulging this libertarian mentality and even becoming a part of it. And I'm just wondering how that kind of lines up with the labor left movement. And the idea of of workers' rights, if uh, you know the the, the idea yeah. of the community, you know what I mean? Yes, uh, I think we're in agreement about the, the the whole libertarian and the sequence of events. Let me address the business about labor and and the left. The cleverness of the right, and I take my hat off to them. They've done a really good job. They, they, they are my opponents. I, I, uh, I'm not part of that. I, I don't like it, and all the rest. But I'm not stupid. I can see how very successful they have been to shift the conversation about the disastrous failure of their party and their mentality in getting this country ready for COVID and instead talking about mandates. Having said that, the labor and left can learn. It's not too late. We ought to. We on the left, that's where I come from. We on the left have every right and every basis to say 
we are angry at the lack of individual freedom that this system imposes on us. We are not going to be, and I'm going to be intentionally provocative here, we are not going to be stupid and see only the restrictions that the government puts down on us. We are equally angry about the restrictions that the private sector puts on us because we're the labor left. So we're going to make sure everybody understands that when you go to work each day in your factory or your office or your store, you give up your individual freedom and rights. You don't even think about it, which is when it's really dangerous. You go in there and somebody else tells you, hey, Jack, sit over there, use this machine, work in this way, don't spend more than 10 minutes in the bathroom, and at the end of the day, whatever you've poured your creativity into, your brains, your muscle, we own it. You go home, fill up on pizza and beer, and you come here tomorrow to do it again. And if you don't, We'll take the job from you. We'll take your income. We'll plunge you and your family into all kinds of distress with all kinds of consequences because we have the power to do. That's what makes people angry because that's the reality they face every day. And because they haven't yet gotten the courage or the organization to fight the lack of freedom that this system imposes on them, in the private sector, they take out their upset by turning against the government, in which case they mistake the puppet for the puppeteer. They don't understand that the private sector uses its money and uses its influence to choose and pick and support with lobbyists, with donations, with all the apparatus we all know about. They're the ones who run this government, and they always have, which is why they've allowed it to exist, because it doesn't upset the apple cart of their power. So the left should be saying to its own members, to the union member, to the working man and woman, you're right to be angry. You're right to complain about your lack of freedom. But man, are you getting angry at the wrong problem? Let me give you a simple metaphor. People who are unhappy at their job are highly likely to come home and in their upset, kick the dog. Okay? And they need their spouse, whether it's a man or a woman, doesn't matter. They need their spouse to say to them what they already know, but it has to be brought forward. Honey, you're upset. But the dog is not your problem. Your problem is what made you upset. And you were at work all day and the dog was here. So kicking the door, it's a little bit like going to England and saying to the disastrously abused British working class, whoa, was a trick played on you. You're suffering from British capitalism and the people who run it got you to be angry at the Europeans, vote to leave Europe, which only makes your situation worse, but gives the conservatives another decade in office because you fell for this game. Don't fall for it here. The problem with your freedom begins and ends in that place where you spend most of your life as an adult. That's at work. That's what's shaping your upset. And if you don't deal with that, 
you're dealing with marginal secondary details, which is why your problem doesn't get solved. Sure. And uh, first, I'm going to say, Alex, I see you. uh, We're going to have Alex call in here with with the question. But just before we get to that, I just I just want to I know I know we have a little bit less time because of the technical difficulties earlier, but I do just kind of want to circle back and just um, ask the one question that I think that that we did go back and forth a lot last time. And that is, you know, uh, understanding everything that you're saying here. um, Isn't, isn't there also a responsibility for us to think about what workers want? And many workers are in situations where they've been exposed and are constantly exposed to people who may have COVID. And even if they're vaxxed and boosted, um, you know, enough unvaccinated people is going to spread that around. And then you maybe you bring it home to your unvaccinated child or somebody with comorbidities in your household. And you have working people who are asking for these mandates. And, and the majority of people, they want people to get back. I mean, this anti-vax movement and this anti-mandate movement are, are relatively small, even though, as as you say, they are tapping into something. They are tapping into like a real feeling yeah. of rage. So, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is how do you reconcile the desires of that part of the working class with trying to assuage the anger of members of the working class who are lashing out uh, at at the wrong targets? How, how do you how, how do you answer the 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 call from people who working people who want to have public sa- public health and safety? but feel like, you know, maybe that's not happening for them. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't mean to, to, to beat the same horse here, if, it, if that awful metaphor is okay. Um, but I would say to, the, to, to those working people, I don't want you to turn against people who are talking about their personal freedom on the grounds of the freedom. Give them that. Tell them if we could all get together and have a proper national health system, not the gerrymandered. Look, let me remind everyone listening. The United States spends more on medical care than any other advanced industrial country. Way more. The number two is not even in the running. We spend more than anybody. We don't live longer than everybody. We don't even live as well as many other countries who spend way less We spend more days in the hospital on average. Our medical condition is mediocre, and I'm being polite, but we pay through the nose for it. You know, if you were rational, you'd ask a question. What's the matter here? We're being overcharged given what we get. Our bodies are as good as the bodies of other people. If we weren't being overfed and wrongly fed and all the things that are allowed that are bad for us in this country. And if we did something about that, and if we produced enough clinics, we could allow people a greater degree of freedom in making medical decisions because we had created a situation that enabled it. That's what we all, you know, the people who want the freedom and the people who want everyone vaccinated, they have something they could get together on. And if they did, they could achieve it. 
And that is a proper medical system in this country that doesn't bankrupt people uh, and that doesn't overcharge and rip us all off to the laughter of the rest of the world once they understand uh, the fakery that keeps that system going in this country. I think we'd have a much better society if instead of fighting each other on this, this is a wonderful way to distract people from what they could and should achieve for all of us. So instead, we're fighting with each other. It's like getting men and women to fight each other or white and black people to fight each other. What we got now is pro-mandate, anti-mandate. And the people who don't care about this are laughing all the way to the bank. But but the 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 better situation that you're describing would take obviously would take a lot of work to get to and and again and and I also hate to keep beating a dead horse here but that is not this that is not the reality that we live in that's that's not the situation that we live in so shouldn't there be kind of a kind of a parallel strategy here where on the one hand uh you know you you are working to to try to reshape and and to better the healthcare system but on the other, you're trying to, in the situation that we're in right now, ensure that uh, people, that working people, that that uh, people in disabled people, young people, old people, uh, people who are especially vulnerable to this virus, uh, can at least have some measure of comfort. And in that case, and in this yeah. case, like one of the things to do would be a vaccine mandate. And I don't, I, I, I guess no, that I'm not no, following. No. Yeah. yeah yeah, no, no, I understand that argument. I don't want to present, present this as an either or. If we are under a temporary uh, pressure of not having the facilities, then we have to, of course, take that into account. And that would be one of the reasons to support a vaccine mandate. But you could get way better results from the people who disagree with you if you were able not just to say, well, you must be mandated, but look, here's something we can work on together that would give you more freedom not to get vaccinated. Let's work on this. And I must disagree with you. I mean, we're talking in the same week that a bill came up in the number one, the biggest state of the union, California. They debated in the legislature on Monday of this week a bill to provide in California a single-payer Canadian-type health insurance for every one of the many millions of people in that, our largest state. So those folks got together. Now, the bill was defeated, but it got to the floor of the Assembly because it has an awful lot of support, and the politicians who put against it are going to face a lot of trouble in the uh, November election in this country because of it. They did the work of the medical establishment, but everybody kind of knows. So it isn't so far in the distance. It isn't so out of the frame, because as anything else, uh, as anyone knows who follows American history, California is usually the sign of something that happens first there, and then that comes to the rest of the country, which is, you know, whether it's a music style or a dress style or Beach Boys music or anything else. Or all the regulations that they put into cars and stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, all of that. And, and so, in fact, you know, we're not that far. We are the only country without a national health uh, insurance uh, program, which is a big help in many other countries. 
uh, to dealing with these kinds of problems because it has in place this kind of apparatus, this kind of infrastructure. And I think I think many of the people who oppose mandates would not be as bitter and angry uh, as they are now if they were told, look, we're going to not go with now, but we can work together so we can help create the conditions that would allow you, if that in particular freedom is important to you. Although as a leftist, I would again have to argue, you know, you're kicking the dog here. That's not your problem. Your problem comes from somewhere else. And if you had real freedom, for example, on the job, it wouldn't be so meaningful for you if you had the freedom to say yes or no to a one-second insertion of a needle in your arm that millions of people around you are doing and demonstrating it. You don't fall over dead or anything else. Right, right. So um, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, take Alex now uh, as a caller here and, and so she can – Ask a question or, 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 or give a comment, Alice, whenever you're ready there. Uh, hi, Owen. Thank you. Uh, hi, Professor Wolf. It's an honor. Um, I, uh, I, I come from, you know, I think the, the opposite, like, position on, on uh, mandates. Um, but, uh, like, listening to your point of view, um, I understand what, what, you're, um, what you're getting at. And, and I think, like, on some level, I, I have been picking up on the rhetoric around um, – basically a failure of government um it it has been blame every individual and it makes me extremely uncomfortable as much as i am you know angry with people that that continue to like insist on going out in public and and not wearing masks and not getting vaccinated you know i've done all three and everything um i think you know you can't punt uh, a government systemic failure on like the inability of the populace to be a hundred percent compliant um, I think they, that's a terrible strategy. And also seeing, you know, liberals get more whipped up about Joe Rogan, who's an idiot podcaster versus like, you know, the government who, <laughs> who isn't, you know, isn't regulating, isn't actually doing anything to, 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 to deal with the fact that there are people that don't believe in vaccines or whatnot. Um, and I think the rhetoric has become so, um, like polarizing almost that you can't even like say that uh, from the left without being accused of agreeing with with the right wing or or you know even some like people that kind of pretend to be on the left but aren't quite and they say well I'm just against mandates but really they are siding with the right wing and so um I was wondering if like if you're someone like me that does have concerns about the fact that we're placing all of the the blame on individuals um how do you like discuss that in a way that doesn't kind of like trigger that massive emotional response from people? So you can actually have a conversation about how the government is using this as a wedge, um, ver- you know, while still saying, yeah, I support vaccines. I support common sense regulations around, you know, like what people are allowed to do as far as spreading the virus and that kind of thing. But let's realize what our government's doing right now, which is blaming you for their failures. So I was just curious if, if you thought, if you like, could maybe give some guidance on how to discuss that in a nuanced way without getting lumped into like you're an anti-vaxxer or whatever. Thanks, Alex. Uh, yeah, Professor, do you want to address that? Yes, uh, in the time that I have, and I wish I had more, and maybe we can, you know, continue this at, a, at another time, but let me respond. Yeah, we'll definitely do another first, one. Yeah, the first thing is I think Alice is, is 100% right. I agree with her uh, that we live in a society in which 
the government, in order to get the blame off itself, uh, blames individuals. Yeah, it does it all the time. Uh, but again, let me stress, we live in a society that has for a long time, and it can't do it anymore, which is part of why we're having the trouble we are as a country. This is a country that tries to avoid facing a lot of problems and to substitute for the solving of a problem, for the discussing of the problem, the blaming of somebody for a problem. That is a nasty habit in an individual, and it's no better in a society when that happens. So the libertarians, the right-wingers, they want to blame the government for everything. They're really into it's the government. And it's look. How surprising is it that the government says, oh, wait a minute, don't blame us. We have an idea. We're going to blame the individual. And in a country as individualistic as we all are as a nation, this kind of rings true to an awful lot of people. You can blame this group or you can blame those people over there. This is, this is what we do in the country rather than solve our problems. And now let me say something that Alan may not agree with. For me, I find all of this to be, if you like, a peculiar genius of the United States. Because there's somebody who doesn't get blamed over and over again. And I'm going to use the COVID example, and I'm going to hark back on what I said before. We pay more for medicines than any other country on earth. We often pay much more for the same medicine made by the same company, which costs a fraction. For example, in France, my family's French. I go to France. I find the exact same ointment or pills over there for a small fraction made by the same Pfizer or whatever the company is. We pay too much. We pay too much for hospital. We pay too much for medical insurance. We pay too much for drugs. It's, it's ridiculous. And, but no one discusses. What is this about? If we pay the same prices as other people, the amount of money left over could be used to give us the clinics we need so that we would have the personal freedom to deal with our illnesses in whatever way we want because the way we chose wouldn't cause burden and suffering to other people. I mean, the, the need in this country not to identify the people who cause us problems, but instead to blame someone else, we are the ultimate case of it. Uh, two examples, and I'll stop. In America, and I've worked on this all my life, when workers get unemployed, they blame the politicians. We talk about unemployment. I've gone to a million seminars as an economics professor. We discuss unemployment, and we talk about the Federal Reserve policy, the government's policy. It's the government. And yet, you know who tells you not to come back on Monday when they fire you in an American uh, economic system? It's your employer. That's who takes the job from you. Not the government, the employer, who are overwhelmingly private in our economic system. Likewise, if you get evicted out of your home, it's not the government that evicts you. It is the lender, usually a bank, that you haven't paid your mortgage to or a landlord you haven't paid your rent to, and they go through a procedure and you're out of your home. Okay, 
whatever the situation, your homelessness, your joblessness are not primarily the act of the government. It has been a genius in this country of the capitalist class to teach the people that when we, the capitalists, the employer, the banker, kick you, get angry at somebody else. It's just like the employer makes your life at the job unbearable and you go home and you kick the dog. The government is the dog. Does the dog sometimes behave badly? Absolutely. Does the government screw up a lot of the time? Absolutely. But you're still making a mistake, which is no accident, to leave out of the story the people who are laughing all the way to the bank. All right. Well, I think that's a pretty good answer. I know you have to jump off uh, the call here. I think I think I'll, I'll maybe I'll chat with Alex for a couple more minutes. But um, uh, Professor Wolf, thank you so much. I'm really sorry we had a little bit of technical difficulties there in the beginning. Uh, but I, I hope you'll come back and join us again for, for another discussion. I, be- I believe in these kinds of conversations. I appreciate Alice's question because it was a good one. And the fact that we don't agree on every part of it is no reason. In fact, it is a good reason to continue these kinds of conversations. And my hat off to you uh, also for arranging these things. So if you want to do it again, get in touch. I'll be glad to do it. Will do. All right. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Alex, I just wanted to say that, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't really know how to address that with people either. Yeah. It's, and, it's tricky. It's like, it's why I haven't had takes on any of this stuff because you get lumped into one category or the other, right? Like, and it's like, I'm not, I'm, I'm pro vaccine. I am pro like you know, making people wear masks. I'm pro like all these things, but when we're looking uh, and I'm also like really pissed at all the people that continue to like spread the virus around, you know, on some level, but we can't pretend that like Joe Biden didn't just throw his hands up and throw it all in the vaccine and say, eh, you know, it's on you yeah, guys now. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I had a conversation with, with Walker Bragman um, earlier in the week about this stuff. And, I mean, you know, his solution was pretty extreme. I mean, he thinks that, you know, people should be held civilly liable. I, I don't yeah, – I'm not – I don't, uh, I, I, I don't go that far. But um, I do I do understand, like, that frustration of just, like, not knowing how – to address this stuff when, when we're you not have, supposed to you know. know that's the fucked up part we shouldn't yeah. have to think about it right like yeah i think that's what drives me crazy is like the fact that we all have to be like our own little epidemiologists because we don't know like what what's accurate what's not accurate it's changed a lot you know and then there's people that are getting garbage 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 pumped into their brains 24 hours a day right and like it's really when you really think about it, it's really hard to like individually blame these people that are being brainwashed. <laughs> as yeah, much no, as I don't like. I, I mean, just to be like extremely clear, I don't. Yeah, actually yeah. blame and them, the, I, but I do I mean, blame the I people. I always say who, like Australia. Are, yeah. Australia has a fuck ton of right wingers that are anti-vax and all this shit, and they still got it under control because they actually had a response that accounted for that. Hello. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, hopefully, hopefully we'll see that here soon um so thanks everybody uh for joining i'm sorry that this wasn't as long as uh we had hoped i I think the storm might have messed with my internet a little bit there but uh we'll have uh dr wolf on again um 
If you're listening on the app, please subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast. We will have uh, Sana Saeed and Abby Martin uh, next week to talk about media and foreign policy. And be sure to always check out the print edition of the Flashpoint, which is at owenhiggins.substack.com, E-O-I-N-H-I-G-G-I-N-S.substack.com. All right, guys. Thanks so much.